Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message. Straight into the theme, unleashing the new African. The concept of a new African, is it a possibility or a mirage? It's an absolute possibility. And I'll tell you why. What's the basis for your optimism? The basis of, the, of my optimism is that I've lived it. Right. As we speak right now, like you rightly mentioned in your introduction, I just came in as a president of an organization that is called International Students Ministries of Canada. That is Canada-wide. I have 90 staff, all of them white, non-black. Well, I have a couple of Asians, all of them non-black. <laughs> this is an African leading this group of 90 people across 20 cities in Canada on over 30 university campuses. Are you these, tell these, me that our time young, hasn't come. Are these young people? No, no, no. The average age of my staff is probably 55. 55? Five, 55. Five? Five, five. Wow. And I'm 35. <laughs> All right. So my optimism is not just because I've read books. My optimism is not just because... I am hopeful, and like, like it's usually said in management parlance, hope is not a strategy, right? And like Kofi Annan said, don't, don't mistake hope for achievement, right. you know? So I'm not just being hopeful, I'm not just being the typical Ghanaian, you know, kind of thing. I've lived it, and I'm not the only one. There are people who are doing even better than I am, you know? So it's coming from my optimism is based on experience, my optimism is based on, on scripture, my optimism is based on the fact that principles are no respecter of persons. Right. That is what my optimism is based on. We'll be finding out those principles and, and why they have worked for you and why Absolutely. they are not working for others. Is it because of... We'll find out. But in a minute, let me just allow listeners to get into this discussion. I don't want you to listen with your eyes wide open and wondering, <laughs> wow, why don't you do this more often? I want you to get involved in this discussion. So if you have strong thoughts on any of the themes that we are discussing, let's get onto social media. Let's use social media for intelligent, hot debate about these issues. So go on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash legacy.legacy or step onto my Facebook page and let's talk about these themes. Dr. Pepe believes that a new African is a reality because he's living it and many others are living that dream as well. Let's take two steps back. What will be your ideal picture of what this new African should look like, do, or behave like? What's your ideal picture of the new African? My picture of an ideal African, or the new African, actually, right. is one who, first of all, has the right kinds of mindset. We all grow up, you know, and we hear all kinds of things. We are, we are, we are socialized by... My statements we hear, like this this morning, I was telling a group of people, I was I was so appreciative of what you know the hard group executives had done, and I was shedding tears, and people were sharing their stories of impact, and I was shedding tears, and I was cleaning my eyes, and I said, I, I wonder who said Obermanzu, Obermanzu, where did you get that from? You know, Jesus words, come on, you know. So uh, the new African is the one who has come to challenge the paradigms he has grown up with, right? That you are black, you can't do this, or you are. A new African is the one who now has the, kind, the right kinds of mindsets. A new African is the one who's realized that principles are no respecter of persons. That I, I, I live in the city of Montreal. I see, I see white people eating from Bola. You see, while I drive as a black person, I drive my car 
surpass them. Right. One of the worst pictures I, I, I saw when I was growing up was go, visiting South Africa and having a white man hanging a sign around his neck saying, I am hungry. Can you give me something? And I was thinking, wow. So I realized that principles are no respect to our It's not about the color of the skin. So if I, and the, the, the new African is the one who's realized that gravity is gravity. <laughs> you know, it's easier to appreciate the fiscal laws or right. principles. Right. You know, that gravity works on everybody. That two molecules of hydrogen plus one molecule of oxygen will always give you water. You know, but the new African is the one who's realized that these principles cut across every aspect of life. Right. And so if I manage my business well, I can be as good as Jack Welch. I've been interacting a lot with John Maxwell myself. I mean, not just reading his books, etc. In February, I was with him for three days. And I kept looking at the guy and saying, what really was different about this guy? Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> you know, I know people in Ghana who are more gifted than that. Right. But there are certain principles he operates on, including one of them that he shared with me that I was totally shocked when he talked about his daily five. That every day there are five things he does. Every day he said, I write. Every day I read. Every day I file. Every day I think. Every day I ask questions. And so some of us were like, sir... Every day, he says, every day. You mean on Christmas Day, he says, eh. you mean on your birthday, he says, every day. The, the, the new African is the one who's realized that these principles, there's nothing special about you per se, but these principles will carry you if you know them and you will put them into practice. The new African is the one who has become confident in who he is as a black person. And I think that perhaps nobody epitomizes that more than Kofi Annan, who did not change his accent just because he was UN Secretary General. All right, or the fact that he even has a white wife. The new African is the one who has the confidence in his black skin, all right, but has a mindset that is global and has paradigms and principles that cut across. The new African is the one who can say, yes, I'm from Africa, and I'm proud to say I'm from Africa. Right. I'm not going to hide that. I'm right. not a white man, you know, in black skin. That's not what I am. And we need to understand that these principles we're talking about have nothing to do with the white man's religion or the white man's gravity is not for the white man. Chemistry right. is not for the white man. Just as we accepted these in every aspect of life, we should accept in the area of entrepreneurship, in the area of management. And there's no, there's no limit to where, 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 where God can send us as, as, as Africans. That's the new African I see. Right principles, right paradigms, and the confidence in your Africanness. The last time we spoke on this platform was a almost a year ago. It was exactly the 29th of, of, of April last year. Oh, wow, you're a historian. I, I, I keep <laughs> meticulous records. <laughs> it's my five. My five includes yeah, keeping records. Keep records. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And I, do, I, lo I love those five. Awesome. I love those five. Let me, let me, let me make sure I got, I got them right. You write, you read, you file, you ask questions. What was the fifth one? Think. 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 That's right. Think is very important. <laughs> All right. So, when was the last time you thought... That's very interesting. <laughs> the last time we had you, we you spoke very passionately about the ten keys to mobilizing our youth for That's national right. development. That's and right. I recall that quite a number of people listened to the program, and mm. uh, we got loads of feedback. Mm. You back in Ghana, you've interacted with the, the system. In many mm. cases, by virtue of the internet and and, and, and new media, That's you right. are much more aware of what goes on here. I mean, even though you live several thousands of kilometers away, yes. has much changed. Something has changed. Right. But I won't say much has changed. Something has changed in the sense that I've, I, I, I meet more and more young people, including today, who know that they can make it. I meet more and more young people who are, realizing, who are reading and realizing that, oh, wow, these principles are talking about work for anybody. I meet more and more young people who don't just want to get a job, who want to build something indigenous. Right. You know, I meet more and more young people who want to wear African clothes, but designed in a modern 
way and attractive. I meet more and more young people who want to take advantage of the global e-commerce that, that, that you know. So something has changed. But I wouldn't say a lot has changed. Right. And the change I see is at the micro level. Right. I see individuals making a difference where they are. I've seen that not just in Ghana. I've seen that since we met. I've seen that in Uganda. I've seen that in Kenya. I've seen that in places. I've seen that in Sierra Leone. All right. I see young people who are writing books. I see young people. But we are not seeing it on the macro level. Right. And the reason why we're not seeing it on a macro level, for me, is two things. Number one, either because we have not built enough of a critical mass mm-hmm. to see that happen. We have not reached that tipping point. Or because we have not had the political wherewithal to do it. Right. Because some things have to come from, the, from, from policy, you know, and policymakers. All right. So either of that has to happen for us to see it on, on a huge scale. Right. But... On the individual level, on the micro level, I see that uh, some things have changed. So what would it take to get that, that, that push from the top level? Because I've had several people on this same platform speak about this issue with so much passion, talk about the fact that individuals are making it happen. But as a country, as governments, as policymakers, we don't seem to be rising to the occasion. Is it ignorance? Is it poverty? Is it inertia? Or simply bad leadership? Why aren't we rising to the occasion as a collective? We know it's bad leadership. Because everything rises and falls on leadership. It's not just a saying. It is true. It is true in my family. It's true in your family. It's true in our churches. <laughs> it's true in our, in our community. It's true in the nation. Right. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So I'll put it squarely on leadership. I think it was yesterday I was on there. I was once on one radio station and, and, you know, there was a minister who was... I couldn't believe some of the things she was saying about, oh, it's difficult to change the mindset of people. And I was like, excuse me? You're the minister of state. You're saying it's difficult. We know it's not an easy job. But that's why you're a leader. Absolutely. All right? If you can't do it, like uh, one politician, an American politician used to say, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. You know? But that is it. I think that a lot of the bane of it is leadership. But for those of us who are making the micro changes, I am putting a challenge to us. Are we prepared to step into the public sphere? Right. Because that, that, that's, the, that's the next phase. You know, that how many of us whose businesses are working well, who are writing books, who have international repute, how many of us are prepared to say that, you know what, enough of the bad leadership, I'm stepping in. I think that's going to be a major thing, decision many of us will have to take. Right. And forget about the fact that we'll be castigated, we'll be insulted, politics is dirty or whatever it is. It's, it's, perhaps it's about time. We are talking about cultivating, unleashing. I love the word unleashing. It almost gives the impression of an Alsatian dog that has That's been watching right. some, some criminals misbehaving in the community and, 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 and is held by a leash. That's and when right. you cut loose that dog, the way it will literally spring forth. That's so right. unleashing the new African. And it's going to be a very interesting series, building up all the way through to the month of August. A couple of weeks ago, I was speaking in um, Tema International School, and the topic they gave me was internationalism, cultivating a true sense of belonging and ownership. And I don't know, the topic connected to me very much because I always have this feeling that the African sometimes behaves, behaves like a pecha. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when we're in school, <laughs> pechas have to behave themselves in a particular way or they'll be evicted by the, the actual um, tenants or inmates of the room. Yeah. And it's almost like a, a laboro, you borrow somebody's shirt, you don't have to dance too much at the party, or they'll say, take off my shirt for me. <laughs> you don't have to get too many fans or take pictures. So, sometimes the 
African behaves with a laboral mentality or a petra mentality, almost as if we must apologize for being there or we don't belong or we, we, we just are, are passing through or we should ask permission to be ourselves or, to, right. or to shine. That's right. What would it take to break that, that mentality? Wow. And just to buttress what you, 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 you said and then to answer your question, I remember, and I was saying this at the press conference as we celebrate the 10 years that Early on in, 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 in our work as, as the HUD group, we did a seminar, a financial wisdom seminar at the British Council. And there was this guy who came to look at the materials, the quality of the materials, the depth of the knowledge, and he just kept flipping the thing, the papers, and said, hmm, the HUD group, I've never heard of it. When did it come to Ghana? In his mind, nothing like that can come from Ghana. When did it come to Ghana? Right. You know, and and I say to glory of God and to and again to buttress this fact that the concept of a new African taking his rightful place in the international affairs is a real thing because something that started in Accra, Ghana, and I was very happy about your festival ideas last year. We were talking about you know go, from going from local to global. Right. I'll bet we are living it. Right. The hard group moved from Ghana to Cote d'Ivoire. Right now, we are preaching about twelve countries. I mean, from A to Z, literally. I can talk about. Michelle in Australia to Tina in Zimbabwe. Our global headquarters is in Montreal in Canada. We actually registered as a Canadian charity. We are not purchased. And I think a lot of it has to do with our history. Where do you a get it people wrong? who have been oppressed, a people who have been beaten and told you are nothing, have to have that rebuilt. It's part of the social engineering. And there are still, don't forget, there are still elements in the world who want us to feel that we are purchased. But like Martin Luther King said, the oppressor will never let go of the one he's oppressing. It's the onus lies on the one who's being oppressed to get himself free. I was reading something by Paul Ansa, and we celebrate, I mean, that's the, right. We are celebrating him this week, and greetings to my, my, my good friend, Dr. Isi Ansa. But as we think about Paul Ansa and people like him who, that's right. who, who took writing and, and social advocacy to a, a new level, one thing that just comes to my mind is something that he wrote, asking questions about why, mm-hmm. if our taxes are used to build a facility in our community, we line up to go and thank the politician as if he's giving us a gift of his own money. And it, it reflects the same kind of thinking that Absolutely. almost says that we are fortunate that you chose to shower your grace on us. So Absolutely. it's not just in our dealing with the international community, Absolutely. even locally. Absolutely. In breaking it, as the in, an individual listening tonight, what one thing can an individual do to break that mentality? Hmm. I find that Personally, I, I, I found reading wide, reading in terms of history, I mean, some of the great things Africans have done. Now, whenever I think about the Egyptian pyramids, I ask myself, I mean, how did that happen? How did those Africans build those pyramids? How did, you know, virtually the first, you know, proper, the oldest university we know was in Africa. How did that happen? In fact, one of those universities was spearheaded by a woman. <laughs> I mean, women's rights is not new to us. You know, so where did we get it wrong? And that is why I go back to this colonization thing, you know, etc. So I find that reading makes a huge difference. So you think it's reading? Reading is key. It takes you to places you would never have gone. It gets you into the minds of people you never may have met, you know, and you get to meet yourself. 
And to be honest with you, one of the best materials that has made me what I am has been to read the scriptures. Right. The scriptures were not made for the white man, sorry. <laughs> the scriptures were made for mankind. And as I read the scriptures, it's, 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 like, it's like that, it's like that, 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 uh, that, that lion that did not realize it was a lion. And because he had been brought by a hunter, I know that people, a lot of people know the eagle, the eagle one, but he had been brought by a hunter and was growing up among the sheep. He was more or less a sheep dog, you know, and he actually thought he was one of the sheep, you know, and they would go and graze and when they hear the roar of a lion, they all ran away. And one day when they went to graze by the stream that was at the, at the, at the, at the grazing, at the pasture, he looked himself and saw his reflection in the stream and said no it looks like i look like that lion. thing we've been running away from right and so the next time that lion came around and roared instead of running with the rest of the sheep who were man man and running away he, he crossed him. he crossed the stream and with another roar and with wagging of tails they greeted each other and that is the power indeed. The Bible talks about the word of God as a mirror. Right. And it's about time people looked at that mirror. That's Second Corinthians 3, 18. You know, right. that's right. You know, and also the, the, the book of James is like, if you right. read and do not obey, right. it's like looking in the mirror and forgetting what you look like. Right. We need to look into the and see that God made us. Right. And God made us in his image and in his likeness. Right. And that the color of our skin is a pigment, something called melanin. Mm. And that has nothing to do with your brain capacity or your the, the size of your heart or the passion you have. These things are physical and the things that move the world are spiritual and mental. Right. So do not let that... You know, I have seen myself... I have looked through the scriptures and I realized, wow, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And there is nothing inferior about me. In fact, there's a scripture that says the same God is Lord of all and richly blesses all. So I do not go to, I live in Canada, I do not live like, oh man, I'm glad to. In fact, Canadians are very privileged to have me in their country. Absolutely. I remember once being in the U.S. and had an interview with CNN. The guy was so impressed. He said, would you want to work in CNN? I said, no. I just knew where I was going. I knew my purpose. And then one girl said, you know, America really needs you. And I said, Africa needs me more. But that is what I'm talking about. That people should get into, read, read philosophy, read history, and you understand where we're coming from. Get proper media. Stop this tel telenovela and all kinds of things that we watch that, listen, read stuff, listen to stuff that will make you identify who you are as a person. Because you are no less than a white man. You are no less than... Oh, my word. Oh, my word. All right. All I'm right. <laughs> it's always the case when it comes to Springboard, the virtual university. And I, I, and I, I appreciate this. Yo, you, know, you know we share so much yes. in common Absolutely. considering what God has done with our lives. When you talk about the lion, two things come clearly to mind. Yes. And I want to distill... That's my job. Distill these thoughts sure. and piece them into pieces. Sure. I mean, in, in, into pointers. Two things came to my mind. Mm. One is identity and one yes, is mentorship. Right. That's right. Identity because he looked in the river and he saw himself for who he was. Exactly. Identity because you look in the scriptures and you see yourself That's for right. who you are. Exactly. But mentorship because you have always lived be below your potential mm. and you look across the river and see, see somebody who's living Absolutely. the dream you should have lived Absolutely. that you have not lived. Absolutely. And so for everyone listening tonight, there is, mm. there is a space for identity mm. and there's also the space for mentorship. Absolutely. If you find somebody living that dream, Absolutely. connect to that person, cross the river, connect to that person and move on into your future. Absolutely.
I mean, to unleash somebody gives the impression that the person is tied to something or or restrained by something. Mm. We are we are trusting that as we share these points, mm. you would feel a certain anger. Anger mm. is a good springboard for change. <laughs> what you embrace, you cannot change. That's so right. if you feel very angry tonight, it's a good a good beginning for changing something about your life. And my guest, Dr. Yaupedi, Global CEO of the Heart Group, we are teasing out the foundation of this discussion that will run for the next couple of months. Um, yeah, if you had the undivided attention of the African Union, a group that some people have said really has no significance, but I, I will not go there. If you had the undivided attention of the heads of the African Union, what one pressing message would you communicate to them? Instead, uh, before I chop off the heads... <laughs> no, that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> what would be the most pressing the thing? The most that you... pressing thing I'll tell them is this leadership, leadership, leadership. That the current state of our nations is a reflection of our current state of leadership. Right. But. The future state of our nations is determined by the current state of our young people. Mm. In other words, the prophecy, the state of our young people right now is a prophecy of our future. So let's just look at our young people, African leaders, and you tell me whether or not there's a future for Africa. That's a prophecy. I'll tell them that in case they haven't realized, 41% of our continent is under the age of 15 and ask whether the education system we have is going to make us slaves in the world and continue this whole colonization, neo-colonization process, or this education we have is going to make us hold our own, have our identity, teach us principles that will make us be able to stand out, hold our own anywhere else in the world. I will challenge them and tell them that is their role. Because as leaders, that is their responsibility. I will ask them, what are you doing for the young people? Because that is the future. That is if they care. And, and let me be very honest with you. In my interaction with African leaders around the world, and there are some, some I've, had, I've, 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 I've had interaction with some people across the continent, I really wonder why people vie for leadership. And I've become more and more convinced that we don't have it right. That leadership is never about the leader. It's about the lead. Right. It's about the people. And more and more I am realizing that people don't even care a hoot about the people they are supposed to be leading. It's about, it's our turn. It's the turn of me, my friends, our family to do the pillaging, to, 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 to line our pockets for the next how many years in the wilderness. Right. You know? So for me, that's that one message that you, sirs, with all due respect. And madam uh, and, and madame sirs and madams, absolutely. Yeah, Malawian president. Larry Johnson, absolutely. You are determining the current state. Don't say it's the people because leadership determines everything. Don't say it's the history because leadership determines everything. Don't say it's all any of these things. Don't say it's the resources. Let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. <laughs> you know, it's you. The current state of Africa is you. It's your state is determining. The you leaders are the lead. Like John Maxwell always say, Africa will never. Oh wow. That scares me. Africa will never grow beyond the level of its leaders. Yep. That's the law of the lead. That 
the law of the lid. Right. Unless, I'm just getting uh, you know an epiphany right now, and that's scary. That Africa will never grow past the kind of leaders we have. So it's really in the interest of Africa you are here. Then lift up that lid. If you do, cannot lift up that lid, bow out and let somebody else do it. And invest in those young people. Because the future state is being determined right now by the current state of our young people. All right. um, I would like you to just tease out one thought that you would like to release in the, in the I almost said in the spirit, but <laughs> in the atmosphere as we address Africa's corporate leaders. What kind of thinking, what kind of thoughts would you have for leaders of business, leaders of the corporate world in, in, in Ghana especially, because that's where the action is going to be at the, for the Festival of Ideas. I'll just say the time has come. Right. The time has come. For, for, I, I don't know whether I should say for once, but certainly as far as I know, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, for the first time I saw Forbes magazine doing a series on young African entrepreneurs. Right. You know, and they, they listed a number of people and what they are doing, amazing things. Some of them Ghanaians, you know, amazing things people are doing in telecom, in, in transportation, in fashion, etc. The time has come. I mean, you've got Forbes' attention. <laughs> you know, we've seen, we've seen the economists have, having to do an about turn. The same economists that wrote that article about the, the hopeless, they actually called Africa hopeless. I didn't want to go there. You know, hopeless <laughs> continent. I didn't want to go there. You know, and now after, after how many years they turn around and say the, 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 the continent is full of hope. Guess what? Angola is lending money to Portugal. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so all I'm saying is that the time has come. The platform is set. See, unlike those days of old, the, the, the stage has been more level than ever before, particularly because of technology and huge information out there. The chances have never been closer. Now, there's literally no country in the world where legally you are despised because you are black or African, legally. I mean, it used right. to be actually part of the laws that, you know, right. you couldn't do this or that. You know, the time has not been better. Legally, the platform is there. Information, technology, the platform is there. And when it comes to models, the platform is there. Who would have ever thought that a person of black color will occupy the White House? Right. Obama has taught all of us that none of us has an excuse not to break out of our small holes and be at the top. All excuses have been wiped out. The playing field, I know there are still discrepancies, there are still things here and there, there are still forces at work, you know, but let I'm let saying me, that let, let the platform about, has one never been more level. Let me ask you about one of those forces at work. That I, now. I am very concerned about corruption. Yes. Because following reports, following documentaries, following, well, you can call them alleged, but the reports of corruption that are continue to emerge in our continent and in our country, some of them speak of sums and the magnitude that you would not even conceive yes. years ago. Yes. If that is the case, then it means it is a persistent challenge that could be even getting worse. Will that be the one big thing that could derail this whole drive towards a new African? That is certainly one huge thing that can derail it. Is it a stronghold? I believe it's a stronghold. But you see, the thing is that corruption is not restricted to Africa or Africans. I know. You know, but the World Bank has said that the number one, the number one enemy to development 
is actually corruption, you know. And the thing, though, is, again, it's a leadership function to ensure that institutions and structures are built so that there are checks and balances. The heart of man is the same. And deceptively, we, you know, that's just how we are. But in other places in the world, systems and structures have been put in such that it's, it's diminished. Not that, you know, so that's what we need to work on. Again, that is a function of leadership. But certainly corruption is one of those things that can eat at everything. And again, you see, people don't realize that Africa has been that one continent that's had the most aid. From the 1950s till now, Africa has had more money that was given to Europe to rebuild uh, to, according to the Marshall Plan, you know, after the World War II. We've had more money than anybody else in aid. Where's the money? What do we have to show for it? You know, so you're absolutely right in saying that corruption is one of those things, you know, that can totally derail this, 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 this agenda. Are we running out of time? Are we running out of time? You mean on this program? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> is Africa running out of time? Because we keep winding us, me, ourselves say again this. and saying, this time around, this time around, this time around, are we running out of time? I won't say we are running out of time. I'll say that people are running out of patience. Is this scary? It is. Because people are asking, how much more should we invest in you? How much more should we throw at you? How much more? Recently, because I work with international students, uh, MasterCard Foundation put up at the University of British Columbia, they just put out a $25 million fund to get West, to get West sub, Sub-Saharan young people to come and study at the University of British Columbia. What I'm saying is everybody's kind of throwing something in there, you know, to, 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 to make Africa tick. And I think gradually people are getting impatient and wondering, what, what else should we do with you? What else? And it actually sounds like in the book of Isaiah when God said, look, I've done everything for you, Israel. You know, I have tilled the land. I built a hedge around you. I, what more could I do for you? And I sense the world is saying that what more? Of course, we could talk about more aid, aid, trade than aid and this and that. It's not a perfect world. It's a messy world. But I tell you, people are getting impatient with Africa. And it's about time we prove. It's not, it's not affirmative. Act. It's not that hey, we too, we are here some make us. We've got to prove it. I think we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to ourselves. That's it. And I thank God for the individuals that have made it. And like, I, like we said right from the beginning, it's about time we translated it from the micro level. You were a great African who's made it. I've seen you do stuff in Gambia. You've done stuff in London, etc. You know, some of our friends, one of our friends recently, I won't mention her name, but she's actually one of the top officials at the IMF right now. You know, I, we, we, we know these people, you know, who have made it in medicine, who have made it, one of our friends is in NASA, who have made it all over the world and proven that it's not about the color of the skin. You know, I remember one conversation friends I went to, you know, at the end was an Indonesian guy who came to me and said, you have changed my perception about Africans. And I, I really didn't want to know whatever his perception was, but I just said in my head, you're, you're better, you know, but, but there are all these success stories, but it's on the micro level. And my prayer is that some of us, when God calls to step into places that will make the micro turn into macro, that will have the courage and we'll not be like Esther and say, eh, well, I'm okay where I am. My business is running as it is. You know, I'm fine where I am. But who knows? Perhaps we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Personally, I've heard people say a lot of things about, you know, the political arena, etc. And I've always been like, oh, forget it. You know, I don't, you know. But I'm listening more than ever before. And I believe we all should, you know that we put ourselves in there and put ourselves in a position where we can turn our micro successes into a macro success for the good of this continent.
Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-99000. You may also subscribe to amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Searching for